It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Will the World Baseball Classic be a good or a bad thing for the handful of Reds that will be participating in the tournament? We're going to discuss on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker, alongside Jeff Carr, and we are diehard baseball fans. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds, and we have taken our love of the game, our passion for baseball, and we have turned that passion into information for you. On today's podcast, we are going to be talking the World Baseball Classic. Uh, the rosters were announced yesterday, and several players from the Reds organization will be participating. Before we dive into all of that, I just want to take a second and shout out our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. All right, Jeff, uh, the rosters were announced yesterday. There weren't really a lot of surprises, I don't think. I, I, I Maybe I'm a little surprised that there wasn't a hitter or two for Team USA, but uh, the pitchers are coming on strong. Uh, they are representing their home countries, uh, f- and there's some exciting developments as a result of that. Yeah, there's a couple of key and, and really just bullpen guys. I mean, Luis Sessa could possibly – be in the starting rotation conversation throughout spring training. But for the most part, we're talking about dudes out of the bullpen that the Reds have going to the World Baseball Classic. And before we really dive into these lists and, and kind of what it means for these guys, I do want to ask everybody, since we are live on this Aloha edition of the podcast, want to ask you your thoughts. Do you think it's a good thing or do you think it's kind of a, a, a worrisome thing? that Reds players are going to the World Baseball Classic, including probably, actually, no. I think when I look at this list of players, the most important player that's on this list for the Reds is Alexis Diaz. He's going to be pitching for Puerto Rico out of the bullpen there. And when you're talking about the guys that we will kind of shout out here, the worry that I have, I think it's a good thing for the fact that they're going to be on display a little bit, but I do have a worry about how quickly they have to ramp up to full competition for this thing. And is that going to make them susceptible to an early season injury? You know, I guess there's two two schools of thoughts with that, Jeff. Uh, Yeah. They're going to ramp it up faster than they normally would. And I think they'll probably pitch more innings. You know, there's going to be more, there's going to be more, I don't know, adrenaline, more effort. Uh, Mm -hmm. These guys are going to be pitching for real versus a lot of what we see in spring training. But uh, I I think the trade-offs are worth it. To get to watch Alexis Diaz pitch with his brother, to get to watch uh, the the battles between the nations, uh, 
you know, I'm sure you saw, I posted yesterday, my favorite world baseball classic highlight. Uh, if you missed it, go check out my Twitter timeline for yesterday, where you can see uh, team Canada and team Mexico from 2013, just absolutely try and murder each other uh, with one of the best brawls I've ever seen. So, um, you know, there's some good moments that come out of this tournament. I know a lot of people initially thought when baseball kind of pitched this idea that, oh, it's not going to be that well liked. It's not going to be that well followed. I think people are into this. I do agree. And I think also from the standpoint of ramping up, there will be better competition here. You'll, you'll see, you'll be able to see, uh, Alexis Diaz, uh, Rivar San Martin is pitching for Colombia, Luis Sessa for Mexico, Ian Jabot for Great Britain. You'll be able to see these guys face actual major league hitters because we always talk about in spring training, you know, oh, so-and-so did really good, but what was the talent on the other side of the field like? Were they pitching against major leaguers or were they pitching against the guy who's just hoping to make the double-A roster for that team? You know, there, there's a lot of question marks there. I think in this case, the countries are trying to go with their best possible players. And I think, you know, kind of to your point a moment ago about the Reds didn't have any position players on anyone's roster, let alone the American roster. I low key think that there's a part of guys coming back from injury like Jonathan Indy and Tyler Stevenson that probably didn't want to participate in this simply because the quick ramp up, they need that slow build of spring training to kind of get ready for the season and not necessarily go zero to a hundred as quickly as they possibly can. Yeah. And it's a bummer also that uh, we're not getting to see Joey Votto possibly for team Canada as, yeah. as Joey's career winds down, uh, you know, Freddie Freeman, Freddie Freeman is playing first base for team Canada. And I think it would have been great to have Votto and Freeman both on that roster together okay. for the world baseball classic. But, uh, you know, it wasn't meant to be, uh, you know, Joey's not quite ready yet, but you're probably right that the injuries kept most of the well-known, uh, offensive position players from, uh, playing in the world baseball classic and the young guys, you know, I'm, I'll tell you what I am glad. I am glad to see names, that aren't on this list. I'm glad I don't see Hunter Green on this list. Yes. I'm glad I don't see Nick Lodolo on this Too list. Early. I'm glad I don't see Graham Ashcraft on this list. Yeah. Uh, and I and I think I'm probably glad also that the young hitters like Spencer Steer. I'm glad he's not on this list somewhere. Yeah. I, I I want them no to, to dial in. No Ellie De La Cruz. I I want to see those guys dialed in and focused on uh, you know making this team better and and being healthy for the Reds when the season starts. And I think that that's going to be an interesting element to this as well. Like how do, and I want to hear Bobby or, or C Trent, you know, I want to hear them ask David Bell, like how do you evaluate your own players performances in the world baseball classic? Because there are some guys who are going to be vying for spots. We talked about Sessa, maybe vying for a rotation spot as opposed to a bullpen spot. Ian Jabot, while I think he's probably a lock for the roster, is a little bit of a weaker lock than some of the other names on this list. But then there's also another guy, and we mentioned him the other day on non-roster invitees to look out for in spring training, and that's Tehran Guerrero. I keep going back to this 104-mile-an-hour fastball that he's gotten, and it's, it touches 104. It doesn't average 104. But still, that means that this dude throws hard. He's going to be pitching with Rivar San Martin for Columbia, and I want to see how he does because – if you can put that kind of dude into the bullpen, you're going to only increase the value of the Reds bullpen. 
Before I forget, uh, for all you folks out there on YouTube watching us, uh, when we were prepping for the show, we were talking about Guerrero, and I mentioned Pedro Guerrero <laughs> to Jeff, and he had no idea who I was talking about. He asked me, like, well, who's Pedro Guerrero? What did he do? And, you know, I, I couldn't believe he had no idea. who. If you know who no Pedro idea. Guerrero was, drop it in the comments. I want to just see if – is it just me? Do I just remember obscure 80s people that play baseball? Or is Jeff really <laughs> missing the mark here? Uh, like but, I said, there's being, Pedro Martinez and there's Vladimir Guerrero. You combine them no, together and that guy sounds – Pedro good. Guerrero is a real dude, Jeffrey. Uh, but, you know, you make a great point, and And I think – Yes, guys going to the, the World Baseball Classic, it's going to be harder for David Bell to evaluate. Uh, he's going to have to look at it through a different lens. Uh, they run the risk of not looking as good because, as you alluded to, the pitchers are going to be facing major league hitters yeah. where others might not be. But, you know, the flip side of that is while those players are away from camp, it's going to give other guys opportunities to get more playing time and do more things and get more attention from the coaching staff and possibly play themselves into a better position than they might have been if it was baseball as usual this spring training so uh, I, I think there's a little bit of both things there it's going to create some opportunity for other guys and it's also going to make some guys that might be on the bubble like Ian Jabot I, I, I agree that he probably is going to make this team but you know he's not super safe if somebody else yeah. has a, a lights out spring he could get bumped so you know he has some pressure I think to go pitch well in uh, the world baseball classic uh, so that somebody doesn't take his spot. I'm curious too. And, and I think that this is a good thing overall for Tehran Guerrero and for Ian Jabo guys who are a little bit on the bubble here. I don't know that this is such a good thing for Luis Sessa because if he really, and, and he has mentioned in the past, he would like to be a rotation pitcher. If he really had aspirations for that, I'll be curious to see how Mexico uses him because if he's just coming out of the bullpen, he's not going to be ramped up to be a starting pitcher. And so then you're talking about what the Reds did last year, where he comes into the season prepared to be a relief pitcher. And then at some point they say, okay, now go out and, you know, throw four or five or six innings for us. And he's just still not going to have that build up. So I'm curious to see how Mexico uses him because that could actually negatively affect Luis Sessa's uh, prospects at pitching out of the rotation this year. I'll say this, Jeff, it's going to be some exciting baseball to watch in March. And we don't yes. usually have that don't between that watching how these pitchers perform in the world baseball classic and all of these position battles that the reds are going to have. And, and, and the, the maneuvering that David Bell is going to have to do as far as figuring out who's going to play where to get the best lineup on the field. Uh, there's, it's actually going to be kind of fun to yeah. watch all of this baseball in March uh, when, you know, in other years, maybe we didn't pay attention as closely. There's, there's a lot of stuff going on uh, as soon as the, as uh, they start playing games out in the, the cactus and the grapefruit league. No. And there are a lot of superstars from other teams that are involved in this world baseball. I'm, I'm super excited. I think as uh, you know, from our perspective, from fans, this is going to be a very good thing because I'm very much looking forward to the world baseball classic but you know what i want to know what your guys thoughts are let, let us know in the comments section what do you think about this the different guys from the reds that are going is it going to help them is it going to hurt them and also as we kind of move into we're, we're going to do a little bit earlier we're going to start on these questions and comments that we've got from uh, the comments section um what are your thoughts on what the opening day roster could look like i want to hear from you on that that's down here in the comment section coming up next before we get to that, though, I wanted to let you know about today's sponsor, and that is 
FanDuel. FanDuel is the only app that you need for your Super Bowl party this Sunday because FanDuel is the number one sportsbook in America, and it's the official sportsbook of Locked On. And they have a very easy-to-use app. You can download FanDuel now so that you can bet the Super Bowl, and you get a no-sweat first bet. That's right. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown during the game. Lots of great stuff. I, I got a feeling, and I know that you know a lot of people are still butthurt about this guy, but I got a feeling Travis Kelsey is going to score a touchdown in this game. I, I think he's going to cross the end zone for the chiefs and if you want to check that out you can go over to FanDuel right now best of all you get your paid winnings instantly it's so easy to use literally go join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57 that's FanDuel.com slash locked on make every moment more with FanDuel they're the official sports book of the NFL new game day shirt Boom, cash back. Food for the tailgate? Boom, cash back. Even buying around can earn you cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. In sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the win, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Did I mention there are no fees, period? This one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. And with uh, sports, gambling, sports gambling being legalized in the state of Ohio, we've got a podcast for you here on Locked On. It's called Locked On Bets. It's going to help new and seasoned gamblers put a couple of extra bucks in your pocket. Lee Sterling is a, a sports gambling insider. He does a fantastic job of making picks. Won me a couple of bucks last night on the Orlando Magic beating the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. He called that. So he knows what he's doing. Check it out. Locked on bets, just like locked on reds. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Steve, I know the folks are a talking. What are they saying? Well, the, the comment section is already going off. We're going to do uh, two full segments here on the audio feed. And then as always, when we wrap up the audio feed, we'll just continue rolling right on through. So let's dive into the first uh, question. Now we'll start with Scott Campbell. Now that the Reds have Benson, how would you construct the lineup? Uh, you know, we've been asked this a couple times, Jeff, and I think it's still way too early to, to figure out how we're going to do this. There, I think there's a few more pieces we need to know about, and I need to know for sure what the platoons are going to look like. But I think it's going to be a situation where the Reds have a different lineup almost every day. It's There's yeah. going to be a lot of juggling and moving around. I don't think there's going to be anywhere close to a set lineup other than, if healthy, Tyler Stevenson is batting fourth. Yeah, I would be surprised if we had, you know, a low number of lineups. Like I know that every year there's always the statistics on how many lineups different teams have, which by the way, does not always coincide to success. The Dodgers, for instance, had so many line. I think they were like one of the top five teams with how many different lineups they have year in and year out. They, they play the matchups, they play platoon. So it's not a situation where, uh, platoon equals bad team but also i look at this and i think that that uh will benson almost makes the middle of the lineup easier to predict 
I think with Benson in tow, I think he's going to hit fifth. And I think Will Myers is going to bat third. And you're going to have Joey Votto batting second, at least so far as when I look at, you know, the good uh, percentile of their performances. Like if Joey Votto's hitting well, he's going to hit second. If Will Benson's hitting well, he's going to hit fifth. And Will Myers is going to hit third simply because of the overall consistency with his hitting game. Benson's a lot more power heavy. We, we noted, you know, he's not going to have that high of average. Don't necessarily think you want that dude batting third, but batting fifth right behind Tyler Stevenson, when the pitchers are done pitching to the best hitter in the lineup, what are they going to want to do? They're going to want to throw strikes and Will Benson's going to crush those strikes. Yeah, no, I know this doesn't happen very often, but I want to disagree with you just in that when Joey Votto comes back, I really want him down around fifth or sixth until okay. we're we're sure who he is and how healed he is and and what he can do. He's 39 years old coming off major shoulder right. reconstruction. Uh I I move him down and let's make sure what's going on. I, I know that's an unpopular opinion, Jeff, but it's I, I just think that they should be they should put him in the best position to be successful. So let's follow up on that. Then would you bat Jonathan India second? And would you try to find a different leadoff hitter? Yeah, I, I think that's the direction I would okay. go. I think Spencer steer may be up there uh, sooner than later. Uh, I would, I would keep India up there. Uh, I like Will Myers in the three spot uh, batting just in front of Tyler Stevenson. So there is an interesting argument to be made. I will see how his on base ability plays at great American ballpark, but will Benson could be a top of the lineup type dude. Cause he gets on base a lot. I mean, we're talking about a dude who walked near as much as he struck out last year. So I'm very interested to see how that translates to his new team. But yeah, the, I, I think I agree with you too, about the idea with Joey Votto because uh, he's not Joey Votto of 20, uh 2021 even so I, I was about to say 2017 but not even really 2021 we'll, we'll see what he's got we're thinking comeback player of the year but to expect him to be the number two hitter out of the gate yeah you're right i'm probably a little bit off base there so jimmy mcfarland's watching today he just says uh hi to us and that he loves locked on happy to have you here jimmy br7 is messing with my heartstrings here jeffrey look at this uh br7 says alejo aloha lopez that is not nice i don't like <laughs> it no listen like we talked about yesterday um you know obviously alejo lopez was the last man on the 40 man uh, the Reds don't see him the same way that we do, and I hope that he catches on someplace else and, and has uh, tremendous success uh, wherever he ends up uh, with a team that will appreciate him and give him an opportunity to show what he's got. And, you know, there's things that they know that we're not privy to. I mean, who knows what he's like in the locker room, what he's like behind closed doors. Hard to say from our vantage point, but what we saw in the field didn't seem like that bad of a player. Zordon 1992 says he was very surprised to hear Benson is a player that the Reds okay. can build their outfield around. And two, uh, he asks about Nick Senzel. Is Nick Senzel a bad player, uh, injured all the time, or both? Now, before we answer this question, how do you say that name again? Is it Zordon? Okay. I don't know. So we're talking about me not knowing Pedro Guerrero, and you were probably a little bit old for this, but that's Zordon from power rangers oh my god <laughs> so you don't know who pedro guerrero is but you can tell me about the power rangers <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh. 
Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so, All right, um, I tried. I tried. Uh, you know, listen, <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't as moved by this trade as Jeff was when it first happened, but you know, after looking at the numbers a little bit more, looking at uh, some of uh, Benson's ratings as far as his scouting numbers, and then listening to uh, Jeff, you and the Locked On Guardians guys talk about this a little bit. I've gotten much more excited about it. I think there's a tremendous opportunity here to have a great uh, platoon combination out in center field, yeah. uh, no matter who the right handed portion of the platoon is hopefully it's nick senzel and they push each other like we talked about yesterday but uh whatever that platoon looks like i think the outfield is much better in 2023 than it was in 2022 and i think the important thing to know my my excitement for will benson is based on if he can live up to the profile because the profile is exciting a guy who eats pitches a guy who understands plate discipline and understands he needs to see a lot of pitches can hit those pitches very far because he has lots of power and he still has the range and the arm to play very well defensively out in center field. He's got decent base running skills. Not, not a guy that's ever going to steal you 30, 40, 50 bags, but he's going to be, you know, fine on the base pass, not going to be a liability. So we're talking about a dude who overall his all around game is something that the Reds don't have in their minor league system. We hope that Jay Allen can develop into that guy. We hope that, you know, the Reds have maybe Matt McLean or somebody that they can move to the outfield and their bat translates and their defense translates and all of that stuff works out. But Will Benson is a center fielder. Will Benson doesn't have to be moved anywhere to become a viable piece for this Reds team. So literally all he has to do is show it to us, get on the field, get those hits, get those homers, draw those walks, have that on base percentage that's nearer to 400 than 300 because that was something that we can look up and down this roster last year. They didn't have that hit those home runs, hit for power, get the high slugging percentage that we've seen from him at triple a, because that's also something that the reds didn't have. He's bringing a lot to the table that we didn't have in guys like TJ Friedel and Stuart Fairchild. And, and to answer the other piece of this, uh, the second part of this question was, is Nick Senzel a bad player or injured all the time or both? Listen, I think Nick Senzel is a tremendously talented guy that has a lot of unrealized potential. And yeah. there are a lot of reasons why that happened. Uh, some of it is Nick Senzel's fault. Some of it is the Reds organization's fault. And some of it is nobody's fault. It's just baseball. Yeah. And I still hold out hope that Nick Senzel is going to be able to put together a season like we've expected from him all along. I still think he's capable of doing that and playing like the first round draft pick that he is. Now it's not a guarantee. It's it's not a lock and Nick Senzel really is running out of time to show us that, but I still think that it can happen. And that's the hardest part about that is because the expectations were so high. Number two pick in the draft. We, looked at him like we look at Ellie De La Cruz. Now we look at him and say, he's the guy that changes the fortunes of the franchise. And now as he stands, he's a utility player. And that is just absolutely nowhere near what we expected and hoped for from him. So that's where a lot of the frustration comes with Nick Senzel. And yeah, I'm with you. I really hope he blossoms, but at this point, I, I don't think I expect. 
Well, listen, we are going to continue to take your questions and comments. There's plenty time, plenty more time for us to do that. Uh, plenty more opportunity to, for you to get your questions and comments into the chat. And, and hopefully we will get to as many as possible. Uh, but before we continue on with that, I want to take a minute talk to you about one of the sponsors of today's podcast. Uh, part, in part, uh, we are brought to you today by Built Bar. If you are looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and calories, then you got to try Built Bar. With Built, uh, it's healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're, they're so delicious you won't think that they're good for you. You think you're cheating on your diet. They're perfect to maintain the, the great start to your New Year's resolutions. They'll keep you on track. They'll keep you focused on your diet. They'll make you think uh, you're uh, you're spoiling yourself when you're really sticking to your goals. Uh, I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like candy bars while maintaining amazing statistics. I tell you folks all the time when we talk about Built Bars, I love stats. We love stats here. We're a baseball podcast, and Built Bar has amazing stats. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. These are the protein bars for you. And now here's the best part. You don't need to wait around uh, by your mailbox to get a box of Built Bars delivered. For years, we've been telling you to head over to Built.com to order your Built Bars, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. You can head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-box a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And I can guarantee you Jeff's drooling right now just because I said the puffs. Uh, if you're close to a Sam's Club, you can run in and grab a 13-bar box uh, with hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. I love the churro ones, guys. I keep them stashed in my locker at work. They're great for a middle-of-the-night snack in the old ER. Uh, go pick some up today. You can thank me later. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Speaking of things you can do later, uh, in between shows, you can follow the podcast on all platforms, including YouTube. Make sure you click subscribe. Make sure you click the notification bell so that you know when we go live like today and you never, ever miss it. In between shows, uh, if Twitter is working, you can follow me over there at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three Fs. And you can follow the show, as always, at Locked on Reds. All right, Jeff, let's dive back into this thing. Uh, Mark McWhorter says he hopes Benson doesn't become another Aquino. God help us if he becomes another Aquino. That was something that I even asked um, our Guardians host. And Justin Lada, if, if you didn't get a chance to check out that video, it's very informative because Justin knows Cleveland's minor league system like Doug Gray knows the Reds' minor league system. He is very knowledgeable about it. And he talked about Benson and said that he is – very good at pitch recognition. He is not a guy that's going to be a free swinger that's just flailing up there at, at pitches that are breaking out of the zone and into the opposing batter's box. Like he's not going to have bad 
swing and miss strike. As he said, there's going to be time to time that he looks at a called third strike, but it's not going to be, you know, one, two, three, and you're out. He's going to have long at bats. He's going to be a nuisance to pitchers. So he's, because I was just like, uh, you know, big power, heard about big power before, but uh, Aquino didn't tend to hit anything else but home runs. And he's like, no, 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 that's that's not the case when it, with Will Benson. Michael Jensen checks in and says, with the more even schedule this year, um, if you're not aware, Major League Baseball has changed the format format of the schedule uh it's a balanced schedule now everybody plays everybody it's not division heavy uh like it has been in the past uh so michael jensen saying with that in mind uh do we think the standings will be a bit tighter for all teams uh you know i i don't think that's going to be the case uh with interleague play and the way everybody's been bouncing around for the last several years i don't think it's going to make the divisions any tighter i think if anything it's going to make the the bad teams look a little bit worse. I think, and, and, and what you said right there, I think for that reason, the NL Central might actually be tighter. Now, I don't know about the West and the East because those are good divisions, but the NL Central itself, we've seen the Brewers take a step back. We've seen the Cubs like take a hesitant step forward, maybe diagonal a little bit. The Pirates are getting better, but I don't necessarily know that they're a playoff team. We could have four teams with the Reds included that are all like in that 70 win range, but also not really even close to the playoffs at all. And that's going to be very tightly knit because that NL central, I mean, if you look at the division to division records over the last couple of years, the NL central has just been a punching bag for every other division. So I, I think that it's going to hurt the NL central and it's going to hurt the teams within the NL central. Cause they don't get to play each other as much. Well, you're really just like, Doubling down on the whole Reds are going to win 70 going thing, aren't you? To, I'm telling you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Johan says he is looking forward to making it out to Great American Ballpark this season, even though the organization didn't care to stop by Indianapolis during weird. the caravan. I thought that was weird, too. And I think yeah. that just kind of goes back into what we were talking about uh was it yesterday? Uh, the days are all blur when we were talking about the caravan and how I, I think the really the focus that the Reds put on the caravan really shifted to to not a lot of focus at all. Not a lot of energy or effort, I think, went into the planning of the caravan, at least this year. Is Indianapolis's omission due to the fact that they're a triple A team for the Pirates? Could be, um, you know, in, in 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 previous times, I know that the Reds put effort into Indianapolis. So it's true. Uh, but you know, they had a presence in Indianapolis, so that could very well be all that it is. But you know, if, if, if all this clamoring about an expansion team in Nashville continues to, to hold true and, and some of Reds country is going to be whittled away, uh, you know, you would think that the Reds would be putting effort in any place that they can. And I know there's Reds fans out in Indiana, that would turn out if the Reds came out there and yeah. put on a, put on an event. So uh, something for the Reds to keep in mind. We, we always half jokingly, half seriously say, we know somebody from the Reds is listening. So uh, whoever it is that's listening, tell the bosses to, to get the caravan back into Indiana because people missed them this year. And that's more so from the team perspective. Like, I don't think that, you know, the Reds were trying to gauge based on, well, we don't know that there's a lot of Indianapolis Reds fans. Like I'm sure there are because just because you have a minor league team for another organization doesn't mean that you're automatically a fan. Like I don't think Indianapolis is a pirates town. I think if anything, they are a Reds town. So that I think it's probably more so like the pirates are just like, uh, -uh don't you dare go there or, or walk the plank. PR seven, uh, brings up, uh,
thanking me for the history lesson, had no idea that Canada and Mexico uh, ever went to war. It was really, this is talking about that, that video I shared on Twitter yesterday about my favorite uh, world baseball classic memory. And, and they did, they went to war. It was a whole thing. Go check it out. It's, it's worth the watch. The the video that I posted is like 11 minutes and it's worth every second to watch that, how that whole thing went down. I don't remember that. I'll have to go back and watch that. Uh, Pat checks in, says, listen to the episode from yesterday. He thinks that Bence, the Benson trade came together quickly and was off the radar uh, when the decision to bring Aleo Lopez sure. on the caravan went down. That's probably fair. But listen, even if they didn't think they were going to trade him, I mean, the, the headliner of the caravan is a guy that, that can't get regular playing time once every two weeks uh, all of the arguments i made about lopez on the caravan i think remain true whether or not they already had an inkling of an idea that they were gonna make a trade or cut him or, or do whatever they were gonna do the the presence of of star players on the caravan was abysmal and i, and I stand by that no matter what and i think it's not the case that you know this trade had to happen for alejo lopez to get cut like i think this was just showing us that if there was going to be someone like if Chad Pender was going to be added to the roster, Alejo Lopez was going to get cut. Like he was the first dude on the chopping block, which just reinforced our point about, you know, why was he on the caravan? David checks in. <laughs> I can't wait to see what you do with this one, Jeffrey. Now that the Reds have Benson for the outfield, why not move Senzel back to third? Uh, it's a less injury prone position and it's his natural position. Well, it, I don't, I would argue that it's not a less injury prone position. Um, no, you know, the I, Reds have yeah. moved guys off of third base because they were getting hurt. Reese Hines was moved off of third base because he kept getting hurt. Uh, the second piece of that is you don't move Senzel because you need a right-hander in that platoon. Uh, we've talked about Benson's highest, most optimal usage is as the lefty in a lefty-righty platoon situation. You still need a right-hander out there. And then the last piece for me is you've got Ellie De La Cruz coming. You've got Matt McClain coming. You've got Edwin Arroyo coming. You've got – who did I forget? I forgot somebody else. you got a lot of shortstops coming. Yeah, you got a lot of guys coming. Senzel's time to no, his his time is over. It's center field or nothing, I think, at this point. And I think that if it's not center field, it's super utility. It's move them around, play them where you need them, that that type of deal. Because I don't think if uh, you you go to David Bell and you say, well, you can't play him in center field, I don't think David Bell's going to be like, well, it's a position battle between Nick Senzel and Spencer Steer now. Like I think they are very uh it's the reason that they got rid of moose they're very bullish on the idea of starting spencer steer at third base for the majority of the season at least until you've got guys like encarnacion strand and ellie de la cruz in tow and just say okay let's see what he can do with regular playing time at one position because we've noted spencer steer is okay moving around the diamond but there's also this debatable topic of if you put a guy at one position and he excels at that position, how does that affect his batting? Does it make it better? And I think that there's a little bit of experimentation going on with that with Spencer Steer. If you haven't watched the interview that I did with Spencer Steer right before he got called up, jump back in our archives. It's in the lefty in the bullpen section. Go check that out. Uh, and listen, Spencer was very clear that he likes moving around. I, he, he's a super team guy. I really can't wait to see exactly what happens. 
But listen, Jeff, for the audio only listeners, I think that's a good spot right now that we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, for the audio only folks, uh, the rest of the Q&A will be available as a bonus episode coming out in your podcast feeds a little bit uh, after this one. Uh, but uh, for the YouTube people, stick around. I'm going to do a quick wrap right here, and then we'll just keep rolling with your questions and comments. But for the audio folks, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Reds. Coming up next week, ladies and gentlemen, pitchers and catchers are reporting. Baseball is back, baby, and we are going five days a week. That's right. We're expanding back out to our full-time schedule. We will be in your feeds Monday through Friday, keeping you locked in all of the Cincinnati Reds baseball action. Uh, now that you've made the Locked On Reds podcast your first listen, go make the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast your second listen. Uh, Lindsey Crosby's the host over there, and he is a prospect encyclopedia. He's going to give you all of the information you need on Major League Baseball stars of tomorrow. That is the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast. It is free and available wherever you get your podcast, just like Locked On Reds. And we're going to be here for you again starting five days a week. Next week, spring training starting, and we're going to keep you Locked On Reds every single day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.